book of Colossians. And uh, we saw verse 7 uh, last week, all my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that you might know your estate and comfort your hearts uh, with Onesimus, a, uh, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. Uh, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Uh, for your word, and I thank you that uh, uh, that you are near. You are always watching over us. We thank you for Christ, who has died for us, risen again, and is at your right hand as our advocate. And uh, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who indwells us, Father, and enables us to live this Christian life as He teaches us the Word and empowers us, Father. Help us to walk in that. I ask for the filling of your spirit tonight. Help me uh, ministering the word to your people. Pray for my dear wife, ministering the word uh, to the deaf uh, on the, with the Deaf Ladies Bible class tonight. And I pray for Sister Pat of the nursery, filled with thy spirit, watching the children there. I thank you for your people that are here with us tonight. I thank you for those that are with us online. And God, uh, we just acknowledge our need for you every moment, uh, Lord, at every day. We thank you for this church, for all you've done. Lord, help us to be faithful uh, and be looking uh, for your appearing. And all that we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name, for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So last week we saw that uh, Paul was uh, is uh, uh, listing some folks that are friends that have been helpful to him. And uh, what a blessing, and certainly as believers, we need each other. Uh, this Christian life, uh, we need God's Spirit, uh, God's Son, God's Word. We need one another. God works all of those things. And we won't be complete, you know, without, uh, you know, being in a, in a, in a good uh, Bible-believing local church where we can have that fellowship and work together. That biblical word fellowship has the idea it's, Although the, the potlucks are wonderful, and we appreciate all the work that goes into them, the Bible Fellowship speaks of a laboring together and uh, doing a work together. And that's what we do here. We're thankful, uh, thankful for that. Well, uh, we saw that uh, the Tychicus last week, he was uh, uh, referred to as a faithful minister, fellow servant. And uh, what a blessing it seems he, he was to the Apostle Paul. I traveled with him some and. Uh, Paul even sent him to Ephesus uh, when, when Paul was in, in the midst of his second imprisonment. Uh, but uh, uh, tonight we're going to look at Onesimus, a little different story on Onesimus. Uh, he's kind of started out in his Christian life. Uh, and uh, we'll learn some things from Onesimus tonight, I pray. He says, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, so we're Onesimus. Onesimus. Uh, Onesimus. Friends see potential in one another. 
we see that Onesimus uh, was uh, from Colossae, verse 9, he says, who is one of you. He is uh, one of you. Uh, we learn from the scriptures he'd been a slave, a servant to Philemon, who's a wealthy citizen of Colossae and a prominent uh, member in the church there. Paul's letter to Philemon seems to indicate that the church at Colossae was meeting uh, in, uh, in Philemon's house. So you might want to uh, put a finger in, in, uh, in, in the book of Philemon. We'll be going there uh, a little while, uh, back and forth here. Uh, Paul uh, writes to Philemon, he, uh, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. So it seems the church at Colossae uh, met in, uh, in uh, Philemon's house. Uh, Paul, when he writes to uh, he's going to send this letter of Colossians out. And, and of course, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. He's going to send these letters out. And, uh, and he's going to uh, send, uh, send Onesimus with Tychicus uh, taking these letters out. Notice that when uh, Paul writes to uh, Philemon, he includes in that letter, which will also be sent out in Philemon, uh, verse 11, he says... Uh, he says, uh, I beseech, verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and me. So in some way, uh, Onesimus had this, uh, the servant of, of Philemon, had become unprofitable. Uh, maybe he stole something. Uh, we don't know, not sure what he did. But uh, he had become unprofitable uh, to, to uh, Philemon. And uh, Onesimus, being uh, Philemon's servant, Philemon being a, a, a faithful servant of the Lord, and having the church at Colossae meeting in his house, uh, that Philemon uh, certainly uh, would have been exposed to the gospel before he ran away from his master Philemon. Uh, and he'd, he'd been exposed to the gospel and to the teachings of Christ uh, there in the church at Colossae. Uh, Philemon was a faithful brother in the Lord. Uh, we know from what Paul writes to him. So Onesimus perhaps must not have cared much for the things of Christ when he ran away from Philemon. Uh, it uh, seems obvious that Philemon, being as spiritual as, as Paul recognizes that he is, that he wanted Onesimus to be saved. And uh, I doubt that he was a harsh uh, master uh, toward him, since Paul addresses him as one that was, you know, uh, filled with the Spirit. And, and, uh, and yet Onesimus, you know, uh, does him wrong in some way and runs away uh, from, uh, from uh, the house of Philemon. Uh, uh, the Apostle Paul, in his letters, had uh, addressed uh, slaves, and uh, you know, uh, he in in First Corinthians uh, chapter one uh, and verse twenty, uh, the Apostle Paul writes, "Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called." He, he he continues, "Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it." But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord to being a servant is the Lord's free man. 
Likewise, also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Uh, Paul was not going to address uh, the social ill of uh, slavery. Uh, he was addressing slaves and says, if you're called being a slave, uh, God can still use you. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not God's major concern in your life as to whether you're a free man or a slave right now. What was God's major concern when he sent Christ? It was the gospel. It was that Christ would die for us and rise again. And we'll talk some more about that issue uh, toward the end of the, le uh, of the lesson. Uh, God can still use you. He says, after all, uh, if you're if you're a slave and you get freed, you still ought to recognize you're Christ's servant. <laughs> you still ought to willingly submit yourself as Christ's slave. And by the way, if you're a slave and you're and you're a Christian, you're free in Christ. Uh, if you uh, at this point in the culture, if you can't get your freedom, you can still all that do all that Christ wants you to do, even when you're a slave. That's what he was telling them. Uh, so uh, you can serve God and, uh, and do what he wants you to do. Of course, we understand that it was through the, the change of hearts and such, through Christianity that had the great impact on slavery being removed <laughs> from our society. Because uh, when your heart's changed, uh, you look at that thing differently uh, than someone uh, perhaps uh, lost might or, or uh, and it just took a while for that to change hearts and for those to see that. Um, so Onesimus runs away from Philemon. He's an unprofitable servant. Uh, uh, in uh, in uh, your book, question seven says, what actions or attitudes may have characterized Onesimus, the unprofitable slave who ran away from his godly master? Anybody want to share anything that you have for that? What kind of actions or attitudes you know, might have... Uh, been apparent with Onesimus. Remember, he wasn't saved. He was yet uh, a heathen, not born again. Anybody? Brother Charlie, you put your hand. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Got to watch adjusting your glasses there. I'll catch you. <laughs> well, you know, it talks about a few things. Uh, uh, pride, uh, perhaps. Stubbornness, maybe. Laziness. Uh, deceit. Stirring up of others, carelessness, uh, belligerence. We don't know uh, uh, what kind of things would move him to do that and then run away like he did uh, from, from, from uh, Philemon. So Onesimus was, remember, still a heathen when he defrauded uh, Philemon and he, and he ran off from Colossae. He had found his way to Rome. Uh, and uh, according to the Roman historian Tacitus, uh, evil men at the time and uh, men that uh, Acts 17.5 would perhaps call uh, uh, men of the, of the baser sorts uh, used to gather and collect in the, in the, in, in the large city of Rome. Uh, of course, we know uh, that happens in our cities today. We find gangs and such, and they seem to be able to, to work and move around better in those kind of places than in rural places. And so that's where you find them. And so Tacitus tells us that uh, that was happening in Rome, and it may well be, we don't know. It may be that uh, 
that Onesimus found uh, uh, some shelter among those groups for a while. We don't know how long he was in Rome before he uh, found out about the Apostle Paul and, and exactly how, what it was uh, that, had, that had brought them together. He may have joined some of these baser sorts for a time. Uh, but in Rome, he, he, of course, him, him at the time being one of them, uh, of course, in Rome, he eventually came into contact with the Apostle Paul, uh, who was uh, then in his own hired house. He was in his uh, imprisonment, but it was uh, that one where he had freedom to let people come to him and such. And uh, he was under military custody there and had Roman soldiers watching over him. Uh, what brought him in contact with Paul? Again, we don't know. Maybe, maybe hunger. <laughs> maybe uh, we think about the prodigal son, you know, and when he ran away from that house and, and uh, he started getting hungry and it made him start thinking about home. And maybe hunger, maybe fear for safety. Uh, when you're living among thieves and such, you're not always in the safest place <laughs> uh, uh, that you'd like to be. Uh, maybe he'd come to the place where he began thinking, you know, it wasn't, back, it wasn't so bad back there with, uh, with, brother, with, uh, with Mr. Philemon and uh, being his servant and having one, you know, who no doubt loved him and cared about him. And uh, he may have been, been having some second thoughts about that. Uh, maybe some pangs of conscience. Uh, you know, having, uh, uh, for whatever guilt it was, whatever it was that made him unprofitable, uh, uh, towards uh, uh, towards uh, towards Philemon, he no doubt had heard Philemon speak well of the apostle Paul during the church meetings in the house, because uh, we read uh, in, in in Philemon uh, that uh, the apostle Paul was it seems the one who led Philemon to the Lord. Uh, so he'd heard about Paul. Uh, we read in in uh, Philemon verse nineteen, Paul writes to Philemon. I, I, Paul, have written this letter with my own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. And so we gather that Philemon was one among many others whom the apostle Paul had the privilege to lead to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, as even so as he did Onesimus. Uh, and so something... Uh, drove him uh, to Paul. Uh, somehow he heard about uh, uh, Paul being in Rome and, and, uh, and would have remembered uh, the good report that Philemon gave of the Apostle Paul, but uh, something drove him, something brought them together to meet. Uh, ultimately, the result of that meeting was that Onesimus, of course, was, was uh, converted to Christ. When Paul writes to Philemon, in verse 110, he says, I beseech thee for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds. And so it's obvious that the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, leading also uh, uh, Onesimus uh, uh, to the Lord. So, so uh, uh, God used the same person, uh, the Apostle Paul, to lead both Onesimus, uh, Philemon's slave, and Philemon uh, to the Lord. So they have a... A, an additional uh, uh, commonality there, apart from all that we have have common in Christ. So Onesimus, as he got saved, uh, as we all should, became a blessing and a help uh, to the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul would have gladly kept him with him uh, there, but as he as he did not want to do this without the knowledge and and consent of Philemon. Uh, uh, Philemon had that right over the slave at the time, so. 
So uh, uh, Paul sends Onesimus back to Colossae uh, to his master there. He doesn't want to do anything without uh, Philemon's uh, uh, say, Philemon's word. So Paul writes this letter to the church at Colossae, expounding, of course, on the glories of Christ and exposing the false doctrines of the Gnostics, as we've seen, and exhorting the Colossian believers to godly living. And he entrusts this epistle uh, uh, to the Colossians to the joint care of Tychicus and Onesimus in bringing it back there. He recommends Onesimus to the brethren in Colossae as a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. And uh, what a good recommendation. He goes on to say that Tychicus and Onesimus will make known to them all things that have happened to Paul in Rome. Uh, such a, a commendation would greatly facilitate Onesimus' turn, return to, uh, uh, to Colossae. Uh, Paul did more than that. He also, in his letter to Philemon, which he sent along there, uh, he furnishes Onesimus uh, with a letter written, written by himself to Philemon. And remember, Onesimus was returning to a city where it was well known that he had, as of yet, uh, when he, before he left there, he, had, uh, he was neither a Christian nor even an honest man. <laughs> and uh, uh, he needed someone to vouch for the reality of the change which had taken place in his life. And Paul so graciously does that, both in the letter to the Colossians and in the personal letter to Philemon. About uh, about this beloved brother, and uh, uh, and and, uh, and and wanting Philemon to receive him, even as his own self. You know, I couldn't help but but think if, as the apostle Paul was getting ready to send him with this letter to Philemon, knowing of the circumstances there, and how Philemon or Onesimus could use someone to speak up for him, I couldn't help but think if the Apostle Paul remembered how Barnabas did that for him. You remember that? Uh, in Acts chapter 9 and verse 26, uh, the Apostle Paul was what? He was uh, leading, uh, spearheading the charge against the church and, and seeing that even many believers were put to death and probably having properties confiscated and imprisoned and all that. And, uh, and the, but he got saved. He saw Jesus on the road to Damascus and, and he preached boldly in Damascus and such. And, and uh, the Bible says in Acts 9.26, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem... He essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. I'd have to say I'd probably be, might be in that boat myself. And, uh, and uh, the Bible says, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and now he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus and he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. Uh, so here uh, the Apostle Paul gets an opportunity, on, albeit on a much smaller scale perhaps, uh, to stand up for Philemon, or, I mean for Onesimus, and give him a good word to Philemon. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's wonderful how the Holy Spirit works those things out, amen? How we minister to, uh, to one another. We note the grace and wisdom with which Paul handles this delicate situation uh, in the letter to Philemon. 
Uh, and Paul writes in Philemon 1.12, he says about Onesimus, Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels. He's my own heart. I love this one that, Lord, that God has allowed me to lead to Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, uh, and I want to be a blessing to him. And uh, so the man whom the Colossians had last known as a worthless, perhaps runaway slave, is thus commended to them uh, as no more a slave but a brother. Uh, no more uh, dishonest but, and faithless but trustworthy. Uh, no more an object of contempt. Uh, but of uh, love, as Lightfoot's commentary on Colossians uh, puts it. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul sends him with those, uh, with those commendations. Can you imagine uh, the joy that Onesimus must have felt as he read those letters? Uh, just the God speaking to his heart and, and uh, giving him one to care about him like Philemon, no doubt, and like the Apostle Paul. The joy that must have flooded his heart, the young Christian. The change that God, that Christ had wrought in his life. And uh, he left Colossae an unregenerate, uh, perhaps thankless thief. Now he's returning as a spirit-filled child of God. And uh, God has plans for him. Imagine the thankful humility that must have overwhelmed his heart as we think about that. When Paul, a man so highly praised by Philemon, so mightily used by God, uh, would speak so uh, uh, of Onesimus, a beloved brother, a beloved brother, describing Onesimus. Onesimus, a faithful uh, uh, and beloved brother. Uh, what a blessing. He says, I beseech thee, or, or he says about Onesimus, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, my son. He, he calls him in, in, in Philippians, uh, or Philemon, verse 10. Uh, which in time past was not was unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. He's been a blessing to me. He says, Whom I sent again, therefore receive, and that's my own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. I'd like to keep him with me. He'd be a, he'd be a help to me. He, he, he's, he's putting himself forth as a great servant now. But he's your servant, and I want to send him to you. I don't want to do without your heart, without your will in it. And so he sends him, him with him with that spirit. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, verse fourteen in Philemon, he says, "But without thy mind, would I do nothing that thy benefit should not be, as it were, necessity, but willingly. For perhaps, therefore, he departed for a season, that thou shouldst receive him forever." Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but now, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. For if, if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. What a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and his substitutionary death for us. Uh, uh, Paul says, uh, if, if you know, he's done you wrong, put that on my account. That's what Jesus said to God for us. They've done you wrong, put that on my account. And uh, we, uh, brethren, we are accepted in the beloved. Never forget that. The only reason that we are acceptable to God is because we are in Jesus Christ. All our sins, what? Have been put on his account. 
And therefore, uh, we're accepted in the beloved. He made that way. We were worthy of that condemnation that we were headed for. That wrath that we were under in John 5, 24. Uh, we were worthy of that. And yet what? When we trusted Christ, uh, we received that gift of salvation whereby uh, it was credited to our account that our sins uh, were, were put upon him. So the Apostle Paul urges Philemon to think, think this over. How the circumstances have worked out. Yes, it no doubt was a grievous thing to you. that uh, One that he probably showed love to. Uh, Philemon probably witnessed the gospel to Onesimus himself. He just wasn't ready to receive it yet. And then he turns around and does Philemon wrong or something and, and, and runs away. Uh, no doubt that was probably hard for Philemon. But Paul wants him to consider. But look what God's worked out. Here he winds up in Rome where I'm in prison and God brings him to me. And uh, what, what a thing to think about. He wants him to ponder the overarching sovereignty and mercy of God. Uh, Philemon being a godly man and, and uh, uh, no doubt wanted Onesimus to be saved. His name means profitable, Onesimus. The name means profitable. Paul urges Philemon to consider this. He says that Onesimus, whose name means profitable, left you as a slave unprofitable. We thought, I mentioned in a previous message about how biblical people often were given names that have a meaning, but sometimes they didn't live up to their names. Uh, Onesimus was one of those. Uh, he belied his name. Uh, his name means profitable, but he was unprofitable. And the Apostle Paul is making a point here. He says, uh, I want you to consider this. He left you as a slave, uh, Onesimus, the name profitable, but he was unprofitable. He wasn't at all what his name indicated. And he says, perhaps God orchestrated this so that Onesimus could return to, to you, Philemon, as profitable, but, not, but no longer a slave. As profitable, but no longer a slave. But what? He says, not, not now as a servant, but above a servant. A brother beloved. What a wonderful thing to God for God to work out. It may be it took whatever, whatever Onesimus had experienced in Rome. And, and, and during his flight to Rome as a refugee. Uh, to ready his heart for the gospel. And when he heard it from the mouth of the Apostle Paul, he, he then received Christ. Uh, God obviously used these things in bringing him, uh, bringing him uh, to himself. So the Apostle Paul uh, uh, rejoices in uh, what he believes uh, Philemon, how, will, how he will help Onesimus and receive him. Uh, question 8 in your book asks, if you had met Onesimus and he was running away, would you have seen him as, as a potential good friend? Why or why not? Anybody want to share what you have with that? <clears throat> as a potential good friend? Well, you probably wouldn't because he's obviously not honest. <laughs> he's running away and, and we probably wouldn't, wouldn't have seen him uh, as a potential good friend. They've, they've attached to this point Friends see potential in one another. 
of course, we need to recognize that any person that we look at, that we see or meet in life is a potential Christian if we don't know them, if we don't know them. Now, uh, later on, they may reveal a mindset which may cause us to wonder about that. There are people who become hardened against God, who make a decision uh, that whether they know it or not becomes final, they will not receive Christ. There are people who have yielded themselves as enemies of the cross of Christ. And uh, there are those that will meet, and, and they, they may manifest themselves so to be. Uh, but if there are folks that we don't know uh, and include toward that, then as far as we know, they're potential Christians uh, at least. And uh, what we think about, uh, you know, they, they, they tag the point, uh, uh, friends see potential in one another. Uh, well, you know, when as, as far as uh, discerning the gospel uh, and, and potential, uh, potentially being used of God, having a potential to be used of God, uh, the greatest thing there is what? A broken and a contrite heart. Uh, Onesimus uh, became uh, broken in some way. I'll guarantee he did before he received Christ as a Savior. Uh, we always have to lay down our pride. We always have to recognize our need, recognize we need to be delivered, delivered from that hell we deserved. I guarantee he became broken. Uh, and that is one way uh, that we might say uh, 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 there's potential there. We see a broken spirit, a contrite heart, somebody who's yielding, hey, they just might receive Christ and get saved. And a believer who's that way about their own sins can be used of God. Now, when it comes to potential in our own self and beings, how much of that do we have that's useful to God? Zero. Zero, right? Uh, but, uh, but in service to God, that spirit means, all, means everything. That, that broken spirit. That spirit that's humble, that recognizes we need Christ. Just as that spirit is, by the way, as ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, what? So walk ye in him. And so how do we receive him? With a broken spirit and a contrite heart. We walk the same way about our own sins, you know, even as we're Christians walking in, the Lord, walking in the Lord. As we have that spirit, we look to him. Uh, then God can use us. We recognize friends that have that spirit, uh, that, that, that have that humble spirit, that aren't proud. These are people that God can use, amen? Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, right? And so we recognize that that, that, that proud attitude is not going to be something useful to God. It's going to be a hindrance to what God would want to do. We don't want to have it ourselves, and we want to recognize that those who also have a humble and contrite spirit are those who have the potential to be used of God. <clears throat> and uh, God has uh, so many things, uh, so many things for us. Uh, just a, th a closing thought in the way, uh, what, as, as Paul, uh, we, we, we mentioned earlier that uh, Paul said and wrote in 1 Corinthians, uh, art thou called being a servant, care not for it. Uh, why is it that Jesus didn't, move his disciples to make a some kind of a social statement against slavery uh, while he walked upon this earth why is that well frankly because that wasn't his main point his main point was what not social justice his main point was spiritual regeneration he came to save us. You see, if we get regenerated from the inside, we'll change on the outside. Amen?
The things that we like and that we love and that we pursue on the outside as a lost person will be changed by the new spirit within us once we're born again. And so Jesus wasn't uh, pursuing uh, laws and litigations to try and curb people to righteous acts. You ever heard the saying, you can't, litigate, you can't legislate morality? You can't do that. But when somebody gets changed from the inside, what will happen? They'll, they'll, work, they'll work out of love. They'll be changed. They'll be changed from the inside. Uh, Christ has greater riches for us uh, than earthly blessings. And uh, God has so many uh, of earthly bless, uh, spiritual blessings for us. You know, think about, think about uh, Jesus as he did so many miracles. Uh, in, in Matthew 8, uh, verses 2 through 4, he heals a leper. And, uh, and there in verse 4, he says, See thou, tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest. Don't tell anybody. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man. And he, 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 he heals him. He's able to see. You believe I'm able to do this? He said, Yea, Lord. He touched their eyes. Two blind men, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. Don't tell anybody. In Mark chapter 5, uh, a, a man's daughter was dying, just 12 years old. He took Peter and John there and went into her and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked for she was of the age of 12 years and they were astonished with a great astonishment and he charged them straightly that no man should know it. Try hiding that one. <laughs> that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Why so much don't spread it around. Don't spread it around. You know why? Because all those things weren't the point. You see, all those things were what? Temporal blessings, weren't they? The lame man may have gone lame again. Matter of fact, Jesus said, Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. To that man. The blind man may have had some other problems. We gather they may have gone blind again. The 12-year-old girl that got resurrected, guess what? She had a funeral. She went back to the grave. All those things that were temporal blessings that ended with their lives here. And you know what those difference that makes in eternity? Not much. But the things that Christ did come for, the things that were the point, was, was what? It was the saving of souls. It was the changing of life. It was the spiritual change within that you can't put a price tag on. It's that home in heaven that every believer gets uh, the moment, the moment that, they're, that, they're, that they are born again. He didn't come primarily for temporal healings and miracles. And by the way, we have a lot of churches teaching that he did. huh? Christianity is all about you know making your you know your job better and your house better and you uh, you know, you know and, and, and your dog better you know and all these things. you know everything about your life will be better all temporal stuff that temporal stuff Jesus said shh 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 it's not what it's all about 
It's about getting a changed heart and letting God, by His Spirit and by His Word, make you Christ-like in your life. So you can uh, have be a believable witness when you share with, with somebody else the gospel. And they too can get born again. He came to save us from our sins and to lavish us in true and eternal riches of His love and grace. To make our lives shine in reflective splendor of, of the glory of God. As we feed on His Word, yield to His Spirit. The believer is saved and transformed to live a holy, joyful, purpose-filled life that begins now and will continue with even greater glory beyond the grave. That's what he came for. That's what he came for. And, uh, and so that's why he didn't, he didn't want people to make a big deal of those things. But what did he say after he rose again? Go ye into what? All the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Don't let a single soul miss knowing about this. <laughs> let everyone know. Let everyone know. Don't keep it a secret. <laughs> Get it out there. Get it out there. That's the message that he, that, that he had for us. And uh, Onesimus, when he was sent with Tychicus, uh, to go to Philemon and others with those letters whether he knew it or not uh, the apostle Paul was sending that fairly young Christian it seems uh, on the road to discipleship <laughs> he was on his way with, with faithful Tychicus uh, to deliver those letters and he no doubt w was going to be learning and growing among the, um, among the servants of God isn't God good? <laughs> uh, God is, God is, God is uh, so good and we're thankful that he can he can use us uh, for the glory of his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word. And, and Lord, I thank you that we have these people to read about who were from every walk of life and that you cared for each one, dear God. As a matter of fact, often you have told us that it is the uh, folks who are having the most difficult time in this life who, who tend to get saved first. And, and, uh, and Father, maybe it's part of, partly because uh, uh, people like that recognize uh, their need for you more, more readily than others. We all, there's none of us that need you more than any other. We all desperately need you. But sometimes situations in this life will, will make us more aware of that, and maybe, maybe that's why. Uh, but Father, we th do thank you that you care for all uh, and that all can be saved. We thank you. Uh, for, uh, for friends that we can serve with. We thank, we're thankful that as we yield to your spirit, you will use all of us, uh, dear God, for, uh, for, for the service that you have for us and the callings that you have to each one of us and, and the gifts that you've given us. And, and Father, we thank you. We praise you for that. And, and Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.